interesting actually to listen to the worship and praise this morning uh, as we have considered something of what our Lord did for us. Um, before I actually go into what we've, we're going to look at this morning, which is in Mark's Gospel, chapter 1, which is the call to discipleship, I would like just to comment on something that happened this morning at, in our Sunday School Online, which Jack attended. We were, we were looking at what happens next in the book of Acts, and this particular one we were looking at was when Lydia the seller of purple became a Christian. When indeed the Apostle Paul went to the place where prayer was wanted to be made, and there were people there that were worshipping God. But then Paul was able to tell those that were there about the Lord Jesus. And as a result of that, Lydia and her household became Christians. They were those that trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as their Saviour. They became true disciples. And I thought to myself, yeah, that's really appropriate to what we're looking at this morning of when the Lord called the first disciples. So indeed, it is just tremendous to think that in those days, people were becoming disciples of the Lord Jesus by trusting him as their saviour, by confessing their sin. And indeed, then we know that Lydia and her household, as a result, were baptised. There was no great long wait for the baptismal service to take place. At that same time, Lydia and her household were baptised. And we give God thanks for those that they were prepared to become <coughs> disciples of the Lord Jesus, that today people can still become disciples of the Lord Jesus. But this morning, I want just to read from Mark's Gospel and chapter 1. Mark's Gospel, chapter 1, and verse 16. And it reads there, And Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee. He saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. When he had gone a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat preparing their nets. Without delay, he called them, and they left their father and his brother John in a boat. Sorry, when they gone a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat preparing their nets. Without delay, he called them. They left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him we could then go to chapter 2 please and verse 14 and we read there the, the again of a call of a disciple and this is what it reads as he walked along he saw levi son of alpheus sitting at the tax collector's booth follow me jesus told him levi got up and followed him i want to ask you a question if Jesus was walking through here today, would he stop and call you to be one of his disciples? Or would you be too good for him? Because when you look and you see the people that he called, they were less than good people. They were less than those who were perfect in every respect. 
they were less than those that uh, were prepared to do everything that he wanted them to do but Jesus was prepared to call them and to use them but indeed as we look at these people we'll start off with Simon uh, and we'll see the fact that he was to be called Peter yes we know that later and his brother Andrew now they were fishermen but they were not only in name but in practice I don't know what your everyday situation is but if you were retired you know, or not working or whatever the situation is others are working but indeed they, we're not just that in name we are that in practice as well our everyday life situation controls how we live day by day and so Peter and, and Andrew they were fishermen and so they did just that they went out and they fished now let's be quite honest being a fisherman is not an easy job you know there are those they do it at night and so on and there's storms that occur I was out cycling yesterday as is my wish I went down to Cardiff Bay and I was going out just by the area uh, on the end of the barrage there where there are a whole group of fishermen and I knew three of them and I stopped and said to them, my, my, what a great day it is. And it was bright and it was sunny. They said, oh, it's wonderful. It's great to be a, be, be a fisherman today. Well, that's not always how it was. These people were real fishermen. And they were the ones that went out in the night. They were the ones that were subject to the storms. They were knew, knew what it was to have a rough time both day and night. And so I wonder whether perhaps that is one of the reasons why the Lord Jesus actually <coughs> called them to be his disciples. Because they were used to unusual circumstance. They were not expecting their lives to be quiet. They were not expecting their lives to be easy when they followed the Lord Jesus. And we today should never expect our lives to be easy. We should never expect everything to go smoothly because Jesus doesn't promise that. He didn't promise that to his disciples all he gave them was a command and his command was come follow me and i will make you fishers of men now again i'll repeat they were not expecting their lives to be easy lives as fishermen fishers of men because they knew as fishers of fish that they had a hard time and so you and i when we become fishers of men that is mankind not just men in, uh, as far as the sex of a person is concerned it's mankind we should never expect our lives to be easy yes there will be storms i remember somebody saying not too far back if you want to work with people who are drug addicts expect your house to be smashed up if you want to work with people who are old then forget uh, to expect your life to be selected and so on and we can go through all sorts of things but indeed as we work with people we as we seek to serve our lord we must be prepared for unusual circumstances <coughs> to happen the disciples were going to have quite a few unusual circumstances as we'll come on to later if we have time i promise that we'll finish by 10 past maybe quarter past 12 and it will be no later than that but so anyway the disciples they heard the voice of jesus they left their nets and followed him i wonder what did it take what challenge was it that the lord gave to me 
that changed my life and caused me to follow him. Now, most know I became a Christian when I was seven years of age. And as I became a Christian at seven years of age, life continued. I was brought up in a Christian family. My parents took me to Sunday school, uh, as I mentioned on Monday evening, uh, and took me to Sunday school at a very young age. And yes, I did learn verses like the 23rd Psalm. Good to hear you quote from the authorised this morning, Rob. But, you know, uh, as we read Isaiah 53. Uh, and yes, we, we mentioned the fact that we learned, learned various scriptures, daily, uh, the Sunday school verses and so on. Well, uh, yeah, I, did, I learned Psalm 23. I learned Psalm 100. I can go through, and then Bronwyn was mentioning, she learned Psalm 48. And so we, we all learned these scriptures, but life didn't change, did it? Yeah, I was a Christian. I was sure of that, but nothing changed. Then at 13 years of age, on the 7th of March, 1965, I was baptised. And again, in some respects, life didn't change. There were some challenges that came with it. One of the challenges was that I wanted to go out onto the streets, actually it was of Cardiff, and actually distribute gospel literature on a Saturday afternoon, which I did. And that was maybe the start of a change of the direction of my life. Because all of a sudden it was a question of how am I going to serve the Lord? How, what am I going to do for him? That was the challenge. I can look at my life and see various times when the Lord challenged me as to how I should serve him. One of those was upstairs in the hall here where we had the old upstairs. When indeed I met actually not with Roger but with Peter Brind and with Peter Harris. And I was bringing some stuff here for, uh, to go to Central Eastern Europe or Romania in particular. And I remember that Peter Brin said to me, Paul, you should go. And I, thought, I said, well, I don't want to go. But the Lord had other ideas. And I know that I went home and spoke to Sally saying, I've actually volunteered to go, not as a driver, but as a relief driver. But I won't be going because everybody else wants to go. And I remember her looking at me and saying, you'll be going in two weeks. And yes, I did. You know, it was strange. The Lord had other plans. And once we say to the Lord, yes, I'm prepared to go, I'm prepared to do something, then we must do it. And that's what we have here, because what we read then is Peter and James immediately left their nets and followed him. Their, their business life, which they had before, was left behind. And you know, that, whatever we do to follow the Lord, our lives will change. Our situation will change. The time we spend doing the things of every day will change. Unfortunately, it cannot stay the same because the Lord demands our time. He demanded from his disciples that they would be prepared to follow him, and they did. You know, it's the demands of Christ are different to the demands of my employer. As most know, I worked for 44, 44 years for Cardiff Council. What a privilege. These days, almost uh, unattainable. Uh, but the last six years of those were spent uh, as a traffic manager for Cardiff. And yes, it meant that I had a responsibility 24-7. And yes, there were times when I got called out day and night and so on, and various days of the week. But indeed, the one who I served more than that earthly master was my heavenly master, and that is the Lord Jesus. And that's the priority that we need to give give the Lord Jesus in our service for him. That's the priority that the disciples actually gave to him. And so 
his demands are greater than the demands of my employer. Well, the next disciples that were called were James and John. Can I suggest to you that they were a little bit different than the first two? They were different than Peter and Andrew. You know, they are the ones who were sat mending their nets. They are the ones who, yes, they accept in responsibility. Now, I'm not sure whether uh, Simon, Peter and Andrew actually repaired their nets. I don't know. That's maybe that's a question when we get to heaven. Did you mend your nets, Peter? But, you know, who knows? Yeah, it is just a case. But I do know for certain that James and John were prepared to mend their nets. They were, yes, they were there serving with the servants. Yes, so they were a fairly, uh, can I call them a responsible, well-known lot of people. Uh, and they had responsibility to mend the nets. They did just that. And so the Lord called them for a purpose. He called Simon and Andrew for a purpose. He had a work for them to do. He calls Peter and John. He has a work for them to do. Can I suggest to you, it was a little bit different than the calling for the first two. Yes, that we know John went on to be the disciple that Jesus loved. John was the one that was there at the cross of Calvary. John was the one who was there, who the Lord turned to and said to him to care for his mother Mary and for Mary to recognise that John was to be her son at that time. You know, yes, he was that one. Peter was the one that stand up and said, I deny you, Lord, three times. Don't hear of John denying him, do you? But Peter stood up and he denied his Lord on three occasions. Yes, his mouth was always busy. We don't necessarily read that John's mouth was silent, but he wasn't busy like, like Peter's. They were completely different characters. Yes, I know they went to the tomb, and yes, they were witnesses to the resurrection of the Lord. But they were completely different characters. So let's go back to Peter and John. They left their nets. They left everything that they were doing, the care for them and so on. And no, uh, no longer would their father be the one who would direct their lives. Their heavenly father now is the one who directs their lives. And I think that should be the same for you and for me. We need our heavenly father to direct our lives. Sometimes we don't like the direction he takes us in. <clears throat> to be honest, sometimes I didn't enjoy the direction my earthly father took me in, but he did. And it was a case of, Paul, do that because I tell you. And I've got to be prepared to listen to my heavenly father as well. And when he says, Paul, do that, I should do it because that's his command. But now the Lord was in control of their life. The last disciple we read of in Mark's gospel being called of course was Matthew Matthew or Levi the son of Alphaeus uh, and as he sit, sitting there he sit there uh, sitting there we read there in chapter 2 he was sitting there um, doing the job which he was doing as the, a tax collector I can't think of a more hated job let's be honest even tax collectors today are not liked are they? whatever the tax happens to be whether it be the parking charge, whether it be the council tax, whether it be the income tax, and we have the privilege of paying it, or whether it is, whatever the tax is, we don't like losing our money. And people would not have liked Levi being sat there. There's a number of reasons really why he shouldn't have been sat there. One of those is, his name gives it away, he should not have been a tax collector. He, a, he, a, a member of a Levitical priesthood, I would suggest you, or should have been at least. But he turned his back on God. And he went and served those who the Jews actually hated. That is the Roman authority. 
But still the Lord Jesus goes to him and calls him. We might have turned our backs on God from time to time. But still he comes and he calls us. <coughs> he has called us. Why are we here in this place of worship this morning? Just a few of us. Yes, he has called us and he wants us to serve him. But anyway, here the Lord comes up to him and says to Matthew, says to Levi, follow me. He's got six months to decide. No, he hasn't. He's got a split second to decide. And in that split second, he makes a decision. I am going to follow the Lord. He gets up and leaves behind everything that he had. At that particular moment in time, he walks away from the Roman authority. So all of a sudden, he's going to become hated by the Roman authorities. Why? Because he has walked away from them. And sometimes we need just to walk away from something that we might serve the Lord. Again, personal experience. On the 7th of December of year 2012, I walked away from Cardiff County Council. I don't regret that day at all. There were all sorts of reasons as to why it happened. Some know, some don't, that's fine. But I walked away from them. And as I walked away from them, indeed, it gave me the opportunity to be able to serve the Lord in a different way. Not the way I was expecting, by the way. I had in my head what I was going to do. But the Lord had other ideas. And it was something which I possibly would never have expected or never have wanted. The first thing was my mother got taken ill. I needed to care for her. Somebody had to care for her. Somebody had to be patient with my mother, and that wasn't easy. But you know, I, I was given that privilege of actually being care of caring for my mother. Yes, she had dementia. And I go and talk to her sometimes, and she say, oh, for goodness sake, Paul, don't talk tup. What a good Welsh expression that is, eh? Go and talk stupid. You know, and I'd say something to her which was really stupid. But again, I could go and care for her. The Lord gave me that responsibility. Then Sally's mother got taken ill. And again, it was a privilege just to go along and sit with her, talk with her, take a shopping, whatever else needed to be done. And you know, just to witness to her. The sad thing is, she used to say to me, Paul, I don't want anything to do with your God. My mother, she was looking forward to being at home with the Lord. But Sally's mother, even to the very day of her death, turned around and said, I want nothing to do with your God. But again, didn't stop me showing love to her. Didn't stop me caring for her. And we, as disciples of the Lord Jesus, need to do things like that. And of course, you know the last one. I had the privilege then of being able to care for Sally during the short time that she was ill. You know, it's just a great thing. Things that the Lord gives us to do that we don't expect. And neither did any one of the five people we've mentioned already really expect that they would be doing the things what they did at that time. In Mark chapter 3, we have the actual commission of the Lord calling his disciples to do something for him. And in verse 13 of Mark chapter 3, we read this. Jesus went up on a mountainside and called to him those he wanted, and they came to him. He appointed twelve, designating them apostles, that they might be with him, that he might send them out to preach and to have authority and to drive up demons. These are the twelve he appointed, 
Simon, to whom he gave the name Peter, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, to them he gave the name Boanerges, which means sons of thunder, Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. And he gave them the save command. He wanted them to be his apostles. He appointed them. This is a divine appointment. Can I repeat really what I've already said? Because he does appoint us. He calls us and he gives us a work to do. Going back to something I said earlier on, the Lord sees different characteristics in each one of the people that he appoints. We said there about the fact that he appointed Simon uh, and um, to him, whom he gave the name Peter. Uh, and as he gives that name Peter to him, he knows it's that rock on which he's going to uh, establish him. And so the Lord Jesus Christ calls him and he knows how he's going to behave. He's called you, he's called me, and he knows exactly how we're going to behave. <coughs> At least he knows exactly how we should behave. I maybe go on and say, yes, he does know how we're going to behave because he knows whether we're going to follow him or not. It's our responsibility. But always remember that someday in the future, we're going to have to stand before him and give account as to what we have done. And so it was then, uh, they, they were commanded to serve him. Going on to the next group of people, James, the son of Zebedee and his brother. To them, he gave the name Boanerges, which means sons of thunder. Now, and Peter, we know, has got plenty to say, but now all of a sudden we've got two are called the sons of thunder. I wonder why that was. Often wondered that, you know, were the ones that sort of made a big noise about everything? Were the ones that caused a lot of activity? Were they the ones that the Lord could say, well, okay, I want something to happen? But they were the ones that he trusted, and therefore he was prepared to have them serve him. So, we could go on through the names, but not forgetting, of course, Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. And the Lord knew that Judas was going to betray him right at the very beginning. Never forget that. But still, for a period of three years, he was prepared to have him as one of his disciples. The sad thing, as far as Judas is concerned, that I always think of, is at the end, Judas went out and hanged himself. He committed suicide. Having been with the Lord, you know, it was a case of, he committed suicide. That to me is one of the worst things of life that we can actually experience. You know, it's something which Rob and I went to the doctor just after our wives passed away. And indeed the same question was asked of Rob as it was asked of me. You know, are you okay? I, well, yes I am. But then the doctor very quietly said to me, Paul, she said, do you feel suicidal? To which I was able to answer 100% no. Again, the same expression that Rob used. I don't want to be here, but I don't feel suicidal because I know where I'm going. I know where I'm going. And I know when I get there, I'm going to see my Lord. It was an act of testimony, actually, to the doctor. I said, also, I'm going to see my wife. You know, it's a privilege to look forward to that time. Indeed, we can just know about these things. So the disciples then, they had the call to be his disciples and to follow him. They had the opportunity to be with him. You know, what a great experience. 
to be with the Son of God and spend three years eating with him, sleeping with him, walking with him, talking with him, all the experiences of life. And they were prepared to follow him and do those things. I repeat what I said in the beginning. Was it easy? No. Did they have arguments? Of course they had arguments. We can think of some of the arguments that the disciples had amongst themselves. Don't want to go there this morning. But they had arguments. It always happened. That's life. But the one who's the centre of all of it is the Son of God. And he was the one who wanted to call his 12 disciples that they might serve him, that they might be with him. Just very quickly. There was those that the third demand was they want, he wanted them to serve him. He gave them an activity to do. There were those that he says, I'm going to give you authority. The authority he gave them was to, to drive out evil spirits and so on. He gave them that authority. And when we do things for the Lord, we will have authority from him. I'm going to finish there, otherwise I'm going to be too long if I look to the next thing which I actually planned to write say about. So indeed, it's just wonderful to know that the Lord called 12 disciples, but he also called me to be his disciples. He's called you to be his disciples, to be a follower of him, and he wants you to serve him and do for him. He called Lydia the seller of purple there at Philippi, the lady from Thyatira. And as he called her, she sought to serve him. And you know, as we think of thought the fact this morning, the act of service of Lydia the seller of purple was the start of the church at Philippi. At Philippi. And indeed, as we know, great things that followed from that. Who knows what follows from us being uh, servants of the Lord? Who knows what follows from us being disciples of his and followers of his? Shall we just pray? And so, our Father, we give thanks for the fact that your Son was prepared to have people of this earth to be his disciples. And Father, indeed, was it easy for him to choose them? We don't know, but he did choose them. He called them all different people from different walks of life and they sought to serve him. Father, we just pray that as we have been called, as we have become disciples of his, that indeed we might follow him, that we might be true to him in all our lives. So bless us now, our Father, we pray, as we go to our homes. We would not forget those who are not with us this morning. We think of Pete and Bron away celebrating. We think of David Clare with the children away for the day. We think our Father Rob and Rachel away, and we just pray for your blessing on them and bring them back to us safely. So be with us now, our Father, we pray. We commit ourselves to you in our Saviour's name. Amen.